Hi, I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. Today I'm here with Katie, and we're at the Seventh-day Adventist Big Camp in Devonport, Tasmania. And we're going to be studying Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 to 11. How are you going today, Katie? Good, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm so glad to be studying God's Word with you today. And uh, I'm just going to say a little prayer as we open up, okay? Uh, dear Jesus, we're studying your Word and we can't understand it without you. So we just ask that your Spirit will be with us and uh, you'll give us thoughts that will reach our hearts and reach the thoughts of the listeners today. In your precious name, amen. Katie, how would you like to read verse 1 and 2 for us, please? Sure. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. That's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? Yeah. What's the longest you've ever gone without food? Um, probably not over 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm very blessed to have food all the time. Yeah, we live in a great country, don't we? Yeah. What's, what's amazing as I look at this, in verse 1 says it was actually led by the Spirit. Why would the Spirit lead Jesus out here to be tempted by the devil? It seems really strange, doesn't it? Yeah. He could have been led out by the Spirit so that just to like strengthen his relationship with his Father. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible, yeah. And that's the thing too, you know, we are in a great battle between good and evil, aren't we? And it's strange, but sometimes God actually permits or even leads us to go through some of these struggles. And then when we come out of the other side of it and we cling to Him and we experience His victory over it, we look back and we actually praise God for going through those struggles. And, um, you know, I've been through some difficult times in my life. My wife and I, for example, lost a couple of babies a few years ago. And when I look back, and I know this sounds strange, when I look back, I actually praise Him that we've been through this experience because we learned so much and uh, we grew so close to God in that time. Yeah, so I think you're dead on there. So anyway, let's keep reading. How would you like to read verse 3 and 4 for us, please? During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah, you can really see as as we look into this little verse, I suppose Jesus is going to teach us here how we're supposed to fight against Satan. What is it that we learn about uh, how Jesus responds to Satan's temptations? How does Jesus answer him? Jesus responds with scripture and says that although he may be tempted by the earthly things, he doesn't need them. It's God that gives him life. You got it. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, look, I can see that too. That The answer is always scripture, isn't it? Like he's, he's going right into the Bible. It's almost like he doesn't even want to come up with his own words. And he just quotes the Bible there. It's so powerful. And I think that's something that we can do too. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the different pieces of armor we have to fight against Satan. It talks about we've got the shield of faith and we've got the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and all of those pieces of armor. But there's one piece of armor that actually is an attacking offensive weapon. And Paul talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I can see Jesus is wielding this sword and he's plunging this sword right into the devil's philosophy. Let's read on and see what happens. How would you like to read verse 5 down to 6? Can you do that for me, please? Yep. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say, He will order His angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Yeah, now, looks like Satan's taking a bit of a different tact here, isn't he? 
Yeah, what's his strategy here, do you think? It's a bit of a scary strategy because he's taken scripture and turned it around to try and use it against Jesus. That's sort of a scary thought to me. Yeah, is it a scary thought to you that Satan might read the Bible or even use the Bible? Yeah, when I think about reading the Bible, it's not just about reading and knowing the Bible because one of the people who know it extremely well is Satan and he doesn't use it for the good things and he doesn't live it out in the way that it sort of says. So it's not just about knowing, it's about um, living it. Yeah, that's so true, Katie. And when we think about Satan's strategy too, we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and Right from the beginning, he's been misquoting God's word. He said to Eve, didn't God say you're not allowed to eat from any of these trees? And he very well knew that God hadn't said anything like that. But it was just a slight twist of what God had said. And there was a bit of an assumption in there that if God's going to keep this something from you, that means that he's not really good. And it's ever since then, he's been taking what God has said and twisting it. He's an expert at that. He's had many, many years of practice. And so the tricky thing for us as Christians is to make sure that we know God's word so well that when we hear it twisted and we hear it misinterpreted that we can identify the problem. And definitely here when we read this verse, in verse 6, Satan says, If you're the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. There's no promise here that if we try and commit suicide that God's going to prevent us from dying. You know, God's given us free will, and if we do something that's rash and stupid and we don't use the common sense that God has given to us to protect ourselves, that's called presumption, not faith. Have you ever heard of that before, presumption? Yeah, I've never sort of heard it in that way, though, yeah. Yeah, so that's like going, well, you know, I'm not going to get insurance because God's going to take care of my car, so if I have an accident, it'll just be taken care of, or I don't have to get a job because God's going to provide for me, and I'll just be fine, and like presuming that God's going to do something that he hasn't actually promised to do. We have to make sure that we are using our common sense, using our brains that he's given us, using our two hands that he's given us, and doing everything that we can do. And to presume that we could just throw ourselves off a building and that the angels would save us, I think that that would be assuming on God's mercy. So Jesus recognizes that, I can see in verse 7, and he says, Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. You must not test the Lord your God. So he uh, he rebukes Satan's, I guess, argues back, quotes the scripture in its correct context and identifies the problem. So that's really important. And when we find that in our spiritual walk, somebody might be misquoting scripture or using the scripture in a bad way, it's knowing that Bible that we have in front of us and knowing the real truth that's going to help us to be able to identify the counterfeits. You got anything to add on that? Anything that comes to your mind on that subject? Sort of just agreeing with what you said, knowing the scripture well enough that you can discern when it's being twisted and have response to that from the scripture. That's awesome. Do you want to read the next couple of verses for us? Sure. From verse 8. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give you it all, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, I'm just wondering, why would this be a temptation for Jesus? As I'm reading it, I'm just wondering, he is the king of the world, you know, he's, we knew that he was a king. Why, why would this be something that Satan would use to tempt him, do you think? Because he was human as well, <laughs> so... Yeah, he can get tempted by the same things as us. And yeah, that would have given him a lot of power and 
Yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like that counterfeit power and glory, you know. And uh, Jesus actually said, my kingdom is not of this world. When he was put on trial, Pilate asked him, are you a king? And he said, my kingdom isn't of this world. What would Jesus have done here if he had a bowed down and worship before Satan? Well, he would have become a sinner because the Bible says, like Jesus quoted, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And if Jesus had have been a sinner, then he couldn't have been a savior. And he may have been the king of this world for 30 years, but then he would have died and we all would have passed into oblivion. Satan would have won this great battle between good and evil because Jesus wouldn't have been able to die for our sins. So there was so much resting on just this temptation. But I can see the reason, I think, why Satan might have used this direction with Jesus in this case, because I feel that Jesus knew the reason why he came to earth. And he came to earth to go through some pretty horrible stuff for you and for me. And the idea of being offered that kingdom without having to go through that must have been pretty tempting. Sometimes that happens with us too, you know, God calls us to walk certain paths and not all of them are easy. And sometimes we want to try and get the easy way out. And that might be a temptation from Satan sometimes, but has that been your experience at all? Yeah, a bit. The thing I just like most about this passage is it reminds me that Jesus himself was tempted and so I know that I can go to him for help because he's gone through it all. He's been tempted. He understands what it's like to be a human. He's gone through it all. So I find that really encouraging to have that as a reminder. What's so cool about that is that is exactly the line of reasoning that the author of Hebrews, who we, we're pretty sure that's Paul, takes. I've been reading through Hebrews. <laughs> You've been reading Hebrews. That's cool. Yeah, that's exactly he says. He says this is how we can know that he can be our high priest because he understands what we've been through. He's been tempted, he's struggled, and yet he's been victorious. So he can also give us the way out. Man, that is so awesome. That's such an awesome thought, Katie. That we're going to have to leave it there. We've come to the end of our time. So thanks for hanging out with me today. It's been so cool. That's okay. It's been good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Katie. Let's say a little prayer as we finish, hey? Dear Lord, as we read this scripture, we understand that you've been through a lot of the temptations that we've been through down here. You really understand. And on top of that, you've gotten through. And so you're able to give us a way out and help us. And we can cry out to you and we need help too. Lord, thank you for winning this battle against Satan back then. And thank you that you can win the battle against Satan in our lives also. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Daniel and Katie, and this has been Time in the Word on Faith FM. Faith FM.